Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. What is up? Welcome back into the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're not watching on YouTube, you already know you're doing it wrong. But if you are watching on YouTube, you're going to find myself also rocking a bro tank tonight along with Okada. Mm. He just looks so good in his, his tank tops on the shows that get I thought it. I wanted to try to get like uh, like Okada. We we're trying to convince John to also join the snapback gang with, with, the, with the bro tanks. Uh, he said no. Fellas, how is um, everybody doing? I, I am concerned. I, before, we, before we start, I'm concerned about the depth. Of Betts' tank top. Oh, like, dude, you don't even Okada's know. Okada's is a little bit more of a regular. His basically starts off the shoulder and swoops to his belly button. So that, <laughs> that tank top that Betts is wearing, is uh, it's it's a mood. Oh, it's something. It's a I'm, whole mood. That's how I'm feeling tonight, John. I'm feeling a little spicy. Uh, I'll put myself you out are. there. I can tell. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, if you're not if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing out, man. You're able to see uh, the deep V-neck or the deep uh, tank, as as John has said here. Um, yeah, man. No, no shame here, uh, fellas. It is hot. I feel so bad for John. How do you live in Arizona? I live in Vermont. It is like yeah. 94 degrees today, and I'm sweating profusely. Obviously, no one has air conditioning in Vermont because why would you? And my lord, man, I don't know how you live in this kind of climate. Uh, who's gonna move yeah, to freaking a, Canada uh, with me? It's a, I, I would. It's yep. a seasonable average of 100 degrees today. Um, it'll be 111 on Friday. That's going to be fun. Which ah. could potentially break records. Why? Um, so that's hot. And uh, I don't spring. like it. It's spring. It's spring for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I live in the desert. Um, and it gets hot here. And then it'll be hot for like four months. So. I'm going to pose a would you rather question. I don't like it. Would you guys rather... So, I guess John's going to... His answer is going to be obvious. Would you guys rather live in a climate where it is never below 90 degrees and always up to 100 or negative 20 to zero? Um, I feel like that's not quite extreme enough for the heat and your extreme cold was... That's definitely extreme. Was pretty oh. freaking extreme okay, cold. Okay, okay. 100 like, degrees to 110. I think that's pretty fair, but here's the thing. Like, 0 to 20, I wouldn't say is quite suffering. Minus 20 to 0 is like suffering range. Yeah. So I think yeah. that... I think I buy that. It depends on what I do. Like, if I'm a podcaster... I'll take the cold, man. Easy. It's an easy call. Yeah, you just hang out inside. No big deal. Yeah. Get some blankets. Yep. Put my podcasting spot next to a fireplace. We Gucci. Nice glass but of, if, uh, uh, of scotch next to the fireplace. If I have to drive to work <laughs> or go outside for any reason, which one of these days, again, we will have to do. I don't even remember what it looks like out there. Uh, then it's going to get rough. Um, It's hot here, and I don't like it. So I'll take the cold dude i am always team cold you can always put on an extra layer of something underwear sweatshirt hat gloves four jackets if you're hot and sweaty like you're just done there's nothing you can do about it you're done you can take it all off and still not be good yeah and you can't take it all off without getting arrested so it's a a lose lose (laughs) true on that note let's get into some football (laughs) tonight uh we are talking 
old faces in new places. Mm. Talking about some free agents who made a move this offseason, maybe trades. Uh, no rookies on the show tonight, just talking veterans. But talking about those guys that are on a new team for 2020 and what it means for fantasy football. Welcome into the show. Super excited to talk about this tonight, guys, because there's a lot to unfold, a lot to unpack. Before we get into it, reminder... Uh, we are giving away, literally for free, giving it away, a Devontae Ooh. Adams signed jersey only for a couple more weeks. So get up in there. You got to check out patreon.com slash redshirtspod. Check out the pinned tweet uh, on our show account at redshirtsffpod for more details about that, different ways to enter, etc. Um, get in there. Time is running out and you don't want to miss out on that awesome signed jersey. And also a reminder, you can find all of our articles on the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Our boy Cam Harper has been crushing it, looking at some quarterbacks from 2019 and projecting what they're going to do uh, in 2020. Great articles going up on the site every single day. Check that out. All right, fellas, we're going to skip the news. Not really anything going on in the last few days. No injury updates. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with a man who apparently is not good at golf and also split his Whoa! pants this past weekend. We are talking Tom Brady. Okada, did you watch any of the, the match? Yes. Dude. I did. I I fortunately managed to accidentally this is true story not come in until the last half when when brady was not as horrible as Boy, he was I, I wish that you were watching the first oh, the i know that's, that's so, I heard. so bad but all i know is that the ripped pants and the back the bad front nine were all erased by that gorgeous holdout approach shot it's just From it looked like you know out. one of those touch passes to gronk down the sideline Woo! Oh. It was beautiful. Okada, that is a professional transition because we're going to talk about both of these players. And, fellas, we might as well just talk about them together uh, because we're talking True. about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. We're talking about Tom, Tom Brady, Brady. Peyton Manning? No, 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 no. Rob Gronkowski <laughs> coming out of retirement oh, now oh, in Tampa. The two of those guys. Fellas, let's start with, with Tom Brady. Obviously, he leaves behind the best legacy at the quarterback position that existed in football up until this past year. What does it mean for Tampa? I mean, he's got excellent pass catchers there, a good offensive system with Bruce Arians. How high are you guys on Tom Brady here in 2020? I feel like the closer we get, the more excited I get about Tom Brady's potential fantasy relevance uh, for this upcoming season and for the next two seasons, really. I mean, the fact that he managed to put up over 4,000 yards passing last year with with that receiver core there there was nobody there was nothing there was julian edelman and that was it who else caught passes Mohamed sanu was hurt with the second he came over Nikhil harry had 12 on the year who else caught passes how did he get over four thousand passing yards out of that core i have no idea still put up 24 touchdowns only eight interceptions you know the turnover numbers are going to be low which is probably one of the things that Bruce Arians is super excited about, as opposed to 33 interception Jameis Winston. I, I don't know. I see him coming in and having the core that he does there, and I'm like, okay, maybe he's not going to throw for 5,030 touchdowns, but maybe he throws for like 47 and 28. Ooh. Like, it, it, I don't think it's going to be that far off. I, I think he's going to come in. And everyone's going to write him off and say that he can't throw the deep ball. And I, and I was kind of thinking that a couple months ago. But the more that I look at it, all he has to do is get the ball into the hands of Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. They just drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, and then 
I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or not that Gronk went and wrestled for a year and then just waited for Brady to find his spot and then go join him. I think that probably happened. (laughs) But Gronk's just going to run right up the seam like he did forever up in New England, and they've got that down to a science. So I think it's incredibly possible that Tom Brady is a fantasy quarterback one for the first time in years. Uh, first of all, that last statement feels a little rude, but that's fine. <laughs> it um, has been, though. It's been a long time. Yeah, since he was a fantasy quarterback one. Okay, here's what I know. To John's first point about his yards, he was seventh in the league in yards last year, guys. Yeah, it's insane. 4,057 yards. I don't think anybody would put that number that high if you just asked him without prior context. Seventh with the Arguably the worst, certainly a bottom three or four pass-catching core in New England, and yet everybody wants to talk about the fact that he can't throw. Not only was he seventh in yards, of all the guys ahead of him in yards, only one had fewer picks. That was Russell Wilson. Brady only had eight. And two of them had fewer touchdowns in Goff and Rivers. So he was among the most productive and efficient and reliable quarterbacks in the league still with absolute poop on a stick (laughs) running routes. He now goes from legitimately bottom two or three to legitimately top two or three. Like that gap is not even close to an exaggeration and cannot be understated because that is a massive jump in talent at every position across the board, except maybe you could say James White is a little bit better of a pass catching running back than whatever, whoever wins a job out of Vaughn and Ogo Walk by Yes. Thank you. So listen, 4,728, that honestly feels a little high and like top six quarterback potentially, especially with the uh, low number of picks Brady will likely throw. So that's pretty rich. I don't know yeah, if I would quite buy into that. But I do think he has a very good shot at being a QB1, and I don't think he's lost nearly the step that a lot of people have, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of us. So, like, if I had to choose between 4,728 or, you know, below QB15, I'd probably go towards John's side. Yeah, I think that that sounds about right. Um, he, he seems like a guy that I'll probably slot in, like, the 10 to 12 ranking spot for mm-hmm. quarterbacks so back in qb1 i think right. is totally fair to project bruce arian's quarterback just always produces now he's never worked with someone that's tom brady's age however he's probably never worked with someone that's as good as tom brady as a quarterback so you know it, it could probably balance itself out i have a little bit of pause in regards to just how good the game scripts were for Jameis, for Chris Godwin, for Mike Evans. Like, mm. I don't think people understand how perfect that scenario was. You have a guy who doesn't care about turnovers, chucking it deep every play, and pick six left and right. Great. Get the ball back and do it all over again. Like, it was just perfect for the Bucks pass catchers. So, that's going to hurt them a little bit, but the quality of targets should improve. So, I think it's probably a small, small downgrade for those two guys. Like, Mike Evans will probably slot in as a back-end wide receiver one. Chris Goblin right there in the middle. But if you have those two wide receivers as top 12 options, obviously, the quarterback has to elevate. Um, fellas, let's touch on Rob Gronkowski. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a year. Um and when we did see him, it wasn't his best. Obviously, he was dealing with the back issues. And, you know, there's speculation out there. Maybe that's why he took the year off. Maybe it was to go wrestle and then play with Tom again in Tampa. Whatever it is, he's back on an NFL field. But the argument all last season was, well, does Bruce Arian's system benefit the tight end or not? 
and it turns out it didn't really matter, or it turns out O.J. Howard just isn't good. I'm not sure which one yet, but what are your thoughts mm. on Rob Gronkowski here coming back on the field in 2020? So that's honestly the, the real tough question that kind of has to be answered because we all think O.J. Howard is really, really good. Like from a talent standpoint, what we thought O.J. Howard was, and it, that view has been kind of tainted by the last couple of years and Bruce Arians, but what we thought he could be is as talented as Gronk probably is now. Not as Gronk was at his height, but certainly at what he is now. And yet Arians just tossed him to the curb. So is it because Howard is secretly not that good, or does Bruce Arians have no interest in the tight end? Or does Jameis Winston have no interest in the tight end? Uh, I, it's really hard to say because what it, what it, what I think it's probably going to come down to is whether Tom Brady or Bruce Arians has a bigger say in where the ball goes on a play. Because yes, well, and, Bruce Arians is going to write the scheme, but Tom Brady is going to pick the target. Yeah, and what we've been hearing coming out is that Arians has his system, but it would be idiotic to not have the greatest quarterback of all time bring some stuff into it and get feedback from him. Mm -hmm. What are you comfortable with? What do you want to do? What's it look like? Yes, Arians is going to have his own scheme and system, but they're going to be incorporating some stuff from Tom's back pocket as well. They're going to work together on this. What it sounds like is that they're expecting Tom Brady to learn Bruce Arians' language, and then once they have the language piece down, then it's, okay, how do we put this together into a, a playbook together that works the best for everybody involved. And if you don't think that Brady's going to be like, well, I've been throwing to this guy for years. Um, and I really like when he runs this and he knows how to run this. You don't think that they're going to be incorporating that into the playbook. I think that Gronk from the familiarity standpoint already has a huge advantage on some of the other pass catchers, like the secondary, you know, ancillary pass catchers on that team. I think that Gronk is going to, get the looks. Now, I don't think he's going to be an elite fantasy asset mm -hmm. by any means, but after the top four-ish tight ends, top three to four tight ends, it kind of becomes a little bit of a crapshoot anyways. So if I can wait and I can hold off and get Gronk late, especially in redraft just for one season, yeah, I'll, I'll probably roll that dice and, and see what happens. Um, in Dynasty, I mean... I have no, I have no idea if you're in like an absolute win now team, but he's already off waivers. Everyone's already picked him up and spent their entire offseason fab on him anyways. Um, but yeah, I think that he's got a good chance at being involved and not getting a huge target share, but he could get a lot of looks in the red zone and that can really pay off for, for fantasy tenants. Yeah. Uh, bets. Yes, sir. Nine Oh one over under. Would you draft Gronk? Over being the 10th round or over being the 8th round? Yes, over being the 10th round. Over. I, I don't know, man. Okay. I, I don't want to rely on just tight ends for my tight end or just touchdowns for my tight end. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and that's what Gronk's going to be this year. I, to be honest, he has lost a step or two or three. I mean, the last time we saw him, it was not pretty. Now, can he sub in on, you know, red zone packages and catch nine touchdowns this year? Sure, probably. But also, I don't want to bank lose on that. Can he lose six steps from being the most dominant player at his position in the league, maybe besides like Aaron Donald, and still be a productive tight end? That's also a question to answer. 
Yeah. Like, he's also had a lot of time to get his body right, too. Like, he looks that, I mean, that's great. a, that's a like double-edged he, sword, because... It is. It, if it, he hasn't been keeping... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, I, I can see it both ways, but if, if the Tough health say. things that were slowing him down, and that's no longer a problem, and now he's got the off-season to, you know, go catch passes in a park with Brady for the next three months while they're ramping up, for the season, I, I don't know. It could go both ways. Definitely. But maybe he doesn't come out looking as slow as he did the last time we saw him on the field. I mean, my my baseline advice to listeners is basically this. If you play in a league with a bunch of fantasy savants who listen to four podcasts a week and read all the Red Shirts articles, then you're probably going... The whole league is probably going to value Gronk where he should be or a little lower rather than where he is by name value. And then I think Gronk might actually be a value because I think he could be surprisingly good compared to where like our industry consensus might feel about it. But if you play in a league with a bunch of people who go by names and you know who the guy is and whether they know them, there's no way I'm drafting Gronk because he's going to go seventh, eighth round or earlier. And that's not going to be a value. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that for sure. Uh, That's a great point, Okada. All right, guys, let's kick it over to the next quarterback. We're talking about Phillip Rivers leaving the Chargers, going to Indianapolis. I feel like we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. So, you know, if you don't have anything too in-depth to to mention here, don't feel like you have to. But, guys, I don't know about you. I just think Phillip Rivers is washed at this point. I think it's (laughs) probably a lateral move for the pass catchers there in Indy, given that Jacoby Brissett was just a game manager. Phillip Rivers' deep ball is seriously lacking. I think they're going to lean on the run game a ton. I think it's good news for Jonathan Taylor. I think it's good news for Marlon Mack early in the year. Jonathan Taylor is going to steal the show at some point. Um, And then we talked about it with the pass-catching running backs, right? We saw what Austin Eckler did. We saw what Melvin Gordon did. And the other thing that I don't really love about Phillip Rivers is, you know, he gets to the line. There's like five seconds left on the play clock and he runs up and changes the play and claps his hands like a maniac. And then all of a sudden (laughs) snaps it with, you know, one second left on the play clock. Like, it's just not good for tempo. I'm out on Phillip Rivers, man. I'm not really interested in the, the Colts pass catchers this year. Yeah, I have no interest in Rivers. I have no interest in Hilton. Um, And I have no interest in probably any receiver. The only guy in the past game that I mentioned is Naheem Hines. And that that depends on how deep your league is. Like, if it's a 10-team league where you have six bench spots, you're probably not drafting Naheem Hines. But if you have a deep league, and if it's a PPR league, and you need to start two flexes, I'm probably getting me some Naheem Hines and liking it. <laughs> don't shake your head not at so me, sure. John. Not so sure about that voice. <laughs> the voice. The voice. I just don't know. <laughs> Here we go. Um, I'm. I yeah. I echo the same sentiments. I'm. I'm out on Philip Rivers. I, I. I honestly don't know why they brought him in instead of just keeping Jacoby Brissett for one True. year. Yeah. Like uh, what? Why? What's they the think point? he's a playoff leader who can like raise the locker room to a more okay, like culture. Maybe which like, is I, an interesting thought to have about someone who's never done anything in the playoffs. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. Say, he has, has never he made won? a postseason so... run. Like, has he won a playoff game? I don't know. About Probably that. one or two, but yeah, I'll, I'll maybe. Check it. We All right, Mister Research, you, you, yeah. you do that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. What's the point? You're in a multi-year rebuild, anyways. They they drafted um, Eason this year. Five playoff wins. Thank yep. you, Mr. NFL.com researcher. Um, 
they drafted Eason. You know that you're in a rebuild anyways. You traded your first-round draft pick for a stud defense alignment to shore up that defense. You got your running back. You got a young, uh, fun wide receiver that they think can develop really nicely in Michael Pittman Jr. What was the point of bringing in Phillip Rivers when his arm talent and what he's going to actually do on the field is not, in my opinion, any better than what you already had or what a rookie could do. Like, if you're going to go get the rookie, then bring the rookie in and just be like, all right, let's see what we got and let's give it a try. I don't really get bringing in Phillip Rivers, who is a veteran and he understands the game, but he doesn't turn the ball over any less. Like, this is not someone that's going to be incredible at ball security. It's not going to help your team win big games that way. I don't really get it. I'm out on Phillip Rivers. Um, I'm out on T.Y. Hilton, like Okada said. I'm in on Michael Pittman Jr. for Dynasty, mm-hmm. not for redraft. Um, yep. It's not going to be this year. Nope. So, Pass. yeah. The only part of that offense that I really want is Jonathan Taylor, who's they're going to lean on a lot in the second half of the season, I think. Agreed on that front. All right, boys. Next quarterback, Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Bridgewater goes from yes. New Orleans. Didn't really play much there. <laughs> Comes to... Carolina to sign as the starter. Guys, we talked about Teddy on our uh, our buys and sells. I think it was our, our fantasy football buys and sells. We, we brought a narrative to the table. We either bought it or we sold it. And mine was, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a top 15 quarterback. The college system here with the new offensive coordinator, um, I think is going to be very beneficial. I'll take the dude passing to DJ Moore, to Curtis Samuel, to Christian McCaffrey. You know, any of those plays, he takes a screen pass to the house he's getting those points so I like Teddy Bridgewater as a streaming quarterback this year I don't think I'll draft him at the exception of some best ball leagues but I'll take Teddy Bridgewater as a streaming quarterback on a given week if the matchup is right and I think the tempo is going to be good enough that we're going to have a lot of volume in this passing offense so let me ask you this question both of you I'm going to name a a couple tiers of quarterbacks and you tell me which one you think that Bridgewater belongs in Stafford, Daniel Jones, Baker, Big Ben, Tannehill, and Goff, or... That's a really interesting Cousins, Garoppolo, Rivers, Locke, Minshew, Darnold, Carr. Which of of those two tiers is he? The second tier? The second tier. I think he belongs more in the first tier. All right. Tell me why. Um, I think I would take him next to Tannehill. First tier, Stafford, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, Big Ben, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff. Yeah, I got him there. I, I, t- I take him in that tier. Now, I ask this because these are Fantasy Pros consensus rankings. Those are They break their rankings into tiers now. That The first tier I read is tier three. The second tier I read is tier four. And Bridgewater's near the back end of tier four, the second mm. tier that I read. I'm taking him up there. Like Tannehill, Bridgewater are pretty much the same thing to me. Daniel Jones, I think I might rather have Bridgewater. Baker is a... Certainly could be much better, could also be worse. I think he's around there. I like him. Yeah, that that fits for me. And really, this is going to be an offense that's going to be predicated on getting the ball out, getting it into space, into the playmakers, yards after the catch, uh, scheme incredibly well to get someone open like Christian McCaffrey on a wheel route or, or something like that. I think that this fits his game incredibly well. Ted Bridgewater has never been known as a deep ball thrower. Um and I think that this scheme is going to fit his game. Um, I'm looking right now at DJ Moore. Last year, DJ Moore's yards after the catch per reception was only 4.4. The year before that, in 2018, it was 7.7. 7. 
Mm. I think the last year, the terrible, terrible quarterback play that they had there hurt his ability that way. Mm. I feel like you get Teddy Bridgewater in there who can be accurate and on time and on pace and get the ball to the people who it needs to be. We're going to see a ton of bounce back in the yards after catch for DJ Moore, and we're also going to see it for all the other playmakers in that offense as well. I feel like it's not going to be predicated on him hitting the deep ball a ton. And I think this is a really good system for his skill set. I like him as a quarterback, too, in a super flex league. Okay. Interesting question. I'm throwing out some questions on Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know why. I love it. DJ Moore has been closing in on wide receiver one territory with doo-doo quarterback play. And I'm talking going back to Cam. Yeah, that's right. I said it, Cam. (laughs) Well, that version of Cam, yeah. Exactly. Does Teddy Bridgewater, this is the weirdest thing to ask, potentially elevate DJ Moore into like the elite category this year? Yeah, I think so. I think That's- that he's going to get pumped with volume. Like the target share that he's going to have is going to do it very well. The scheme is also should be incredibly creative coming from Joe Brady, who led that LSU air raid last year. Um, I like the scheme that Brady brings to the table. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going DJ Moore should be top five NFL in targets. In my opinion, I think that he is going to get peppered with targets. They're not going to be deep targets, but it's going to be great in PPR and his yards after the catch ability is going to help him a lot. I think that DJ Moore has a very real chance. If I, if I have to put my flag in one camp, yes, I think that Teddy Bridgewater elevates DJ Moore to be a wide receiver. one. I was going to say, I don't think it matters. Like what he did with Kyle Allen like the dude is a stud. He's an emerging star in this yeah. league. And Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Kyle Allen. So to answer your question, if you if you're picking those two quarterbacks, obviously it's Teddy B. So does he elevate DJ Moore? Yeah, a little bit. But I think the dude is going to be a producer year in and year out in PPR formats, no matter what. I mean, he is an emerging star, superstar in this league. And like John said, going to be peppered with targets in an up tempo offense that. If they were an NFL offense last year with LSU, would have ranked first in the entire NFL in plays per game. So I'll take volume. I'll take a, an elite explosive player and I'll take a quarterback who's pretty accurate and get him the ball. So, yeah, I think that's a great call there. Definitely a big DJ Moore fan this season. All right, fellas. Last quarterback we'll talk about is going to be Nick Foles. He goes from Jacksonville, played like one and a half games to the Bears. Uh, oh, God. Fellas, what are we doing with Nick Foles? And, and more specifically, what are we doing with the pass catchers in Chicago? Uh, we are sending him to Caddy for Peyton Manning. That's what we're doing. Yes. That <laughs> because... was amazing. Yes, it was the greatest burn of that entire yeah, show. That was solid. Here's the thing, guys. Oh, man. I think it's okay. I'm not going to say I think it's more likely. If I have to choose my prediction, I'm saying he's going to be more likely to be catting for Peyton Manning than starting for the Bears. I think Trubisky is getting this job. I think he has the first, second, and third crack at it in the offseason, which there probably isn't going to be much of, which helps Trubisky and not Foles. And Trubisky is going to have to be garbage to give the job up. And has he been been largely garbage? Yes, he has. He's also won them a lot of games and shown a lot of flashes. No, All no, they, yes, no, they no. went. The defense won them games. He did not win. He did games. not do they anything. They won games with Trubisky at quarterback, is what yeah, I mean to say. They could have won with a okay, limping Cam Newton under I, quarterback. I understand that, but here's the thing: if a team goes eleven and five, and it was the defense, and we all know it, it doesn't matter. 
the quarterback still keeps his job no matter how bad he was. Because you're winning games. That's all that matters. And if Trubisky keeps him in enough to win games, which I think he's capable of doing, they're not going to take the job away from him. So Foles can eat some bench, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I, I, disagree. I disagree. Um, I think that that team had an absolutely dominant defensive season a couple years back. Last year... He was so bad. He he regressed. We all know this, right? Like, he showed more promise in his first season than he did last year. 100%. He did get hurt a little bit last year, too. He did. Correct. Okay. Yeah, dislocated his left, Maybe. his left shoulder. Yeah, he, he dislocated he his shoulder. He missed a couple years. He was theoretically games. hurt at times last season. <laughs> um, oh, hip, no. Hey, the hip injury, that they was a question him. mark. <laughs> they Old the shoulder, that the shoulder was real. Injury. The hip, I do not think yes, was real. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I know the shoulder was real. Um, he looked so bad. The reason, one of the reasons that that defense took a step back last year is because they were asked to be on the field so much because Mitch could not sustain drives. He couldn't do anything. I remember watching, I think it was a Thursday night game. It was a primetime game of some kind. Allen Robinson was literally waving his arms, jumping up and down on the sideline without a defender within 15 yards of him. And and Trubisky never saw him. Just yes. never even saw him. It was rough. I don't... Th- now, listen. I think that what they're doing this offseason is saying, okay, we're going to light a fire under Trubisky's butt. But they also didn't pick up his option for, for next season. True. Because they because needed to prove it's, it. It's one or the other. They're they're not tied to him after this year. Correct. It's, you're but either they, gonna show up. We're gonna bring in. We're gonna bring in the pace car behind you to push you along. But if you don't live up to it, why not turn it over to Foles at that point? If you know that you have a really good defense, and at least maybe Foles, who has proven it in the past, can come in off the bench. Uh, yeah, he has. Do a little bit of do a little bit that of his magic, and he's got a chance. Tiny <laughs> that little one chance. That's all you need. That one chance to make a little bit of a playoff push if you know that you've got a defense that can play. They're okay. not going to ask Foles to come in and throw it around the yard, but I, I don't think that it's unrealistic that Foles could take over at some point this season. So this is what it boils down to for me. You look at Trubisky's last two seasons, right? One season, the Bears were great. He was fine. Last season, he was terrible. According to most people, the Bears were not great. They went 8-7. and seven. You take those two seasons, you put them together, you take the per-game averages, you put it out for a full season, all right? So basically what I'm saying is we take the last two years, make an average for Bisky, have him play this year. 3,500 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 12 picks, and he brings rushing ability that Foles does not, that does not lose a quarterback a job. There's no way that those stats lose you wanna, a quarterback a job. You want to ask Jameis Winston? <laughs> That's not 12 picks. That's 30 picks. It was that's also 5,000 passing yards and 30, 30 touchdowns. Picks, 30 picks is inexcusable. That's how you lose a job. That 30 picks is exactly how you lose a job. 3,500, 23, and 12 is not how you lose a job. There's no way you he loses games. a job to Foles with those numbers. Can we just Foles talk about the fact? not going to be any better than that. Can we just talk about the fact that uh, Jameis Winston actually came out at the end of the year and said, I don't know if you saw the numbers. I was, I was balling. Um, he was balling. Shout out to the confidence awesome of Jameis Winston. <laughs> uh, oh, it's like so Uncle I think we Rico. need to make a bet it's on like, this. Yeah, we He'll should add this. Around. We're going to add this to the, the bets bets. I don't uh, know what it is, but 
listen, here's my take on the on the situation. I think that entering 2020 training camp, whatever that looks like as of the end of May, whatever that looks like in August, I think it's going to be Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's job to lose. And I think yeah. he does. I, I, dude, I don't know, man. We have seen have a so lot bad. of bad football from Mitch Trubisky. We, yeah. It's going to take one he game. he has been. It's going to take one game where he throws four picks in yes. one game. I haven't finished it's my It's not going to take one game. Not with his draft capital. Uh, not with what they invested in him. They're one done. game is they've already, not. They've given him the leash. I think it's going to be a tried. month. I think it's going to be a month. Yeah, I'm not saying it happens with it has one, a month but yeah, of horrible I'm quarterback play, like bottom five quarterback play, which those numbers I just read are not. So he has to get no. worse this year. No, 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 no. He just has to do what he did last year. No, you he won't lose his two. job. <laughs> All right, you that's, averaged the two. That's not what we're here to talk <laughs> about. We're here to talk about the pass catchers. So whoever is a quarterback, I mean, do you guys think Mitch Trubisky playing is better for Allen Robinson, or do you think it's Nick Foles better for Allen Robinson? Foles. I think it's a wash. It doesn't matter. The dude's a stud. He finished yep. third in the entire Big NFL facts. at wide receiver in targets, wide receiver 10. And we just talked about the concerns with Trubisky's play last year. Nick Foles could come in and be the exact same thing, and it wouldn't matter at all. So Allen Robinson's a guy that I'm going to be higher on than consensus for sure, even with the quarterback concerns this year. Fellas, I feel like we're going to have that debate like 47 more times this summer, and I can't <laughs> wait for it. <laughs> Probably into preseason Should we if there make is one. A bet. Uh, more fantasy points in 2020, Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles. Oh, hell yeah. I'll yes, take I will take that. All right. Okada is um, on the Trubisky side. John and I are yep. on the Foles side. Are we saying barring injury or, or even nope. including injury? All right. Straight up. Straight I'll up. Take Trubisky. Straight up. I'm taking Foles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is going to be so fun. I can't wait to take all of Okada's money that we're not really gambling for. <laughs> All right, fellas, we are going to pause All for just of the fake money. one quick second and thank the sponsor of today's show, a new sponsor. You guys know this. And listen, let's be honest. If you're listening to our podcast, you know the fantasy footballers, and you're going to buy the Ultimate Draft Kit. So why not use our link? Redshirtsudk.com is the link for the fantasy footballers draft kit. Listen, guys, this is second to none in the industry. And I'm fortunate enough to say that I put my, my work into it as well. You can find my injury report section in the Ultimate Draft Kit. And guys, a little you know behind the scenes peek. The app for this year is absolutely insane. It is so sick. Ooh, sweet. You're gonna want to buy Ooh. it. You're gonna buy it anyway. So you might as well help out our podcast by supporting the fantasy footballers. Check that out at redshirtsudk.com uh, for the link. And obviously, lots more info in the draft kit as well, besides the injury report, which no bias is probably the best part of the the report. Uh, no, <laughs> just kidding. Those guys crush it every single year for obvious reasons. Go check it out. All right, fellas, we're going to get into the running back position. Super excited to talk about these names here. Let's start with Todd Gurley. He leaves the Rams. He is now on a one-year deal in Atlanta. I believe we talked about this player with Okada either last episode or the episode before in regards to being pretty bullish on Todd Gurley this year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kick over to John first on this one. John, what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on Gurley in Atlanta? Um, I love it for the fit. I, I think that it is absolutely gr- – if it wasn't going to be the Rams, this is the other offense where he has the potential to have the same workload. He has the potential to get the receiving work. Um, he has the potential to be utilized heavily in the red zone in a what should be really uh, pass-happy 
pass-happy game script, which doesn't hurt him because he's so proficient in that aspect as well. So if the games get away from from the Falcons a little bit and they're in, you know, two-minute drive mode, he's staying on the field for that to be utilized as a receiving option, to be utilized in the red zone. So I think that it is a really good landing spot for Todd Gurley. Now, they gave him just the one-year contract. There are very much so realistic concerns about his uh, health, uh, his knees. Um, to me, and I mentioned this the last time that we talked about Gurley as well, to me the biggest concern is that they are going to ride him into the ground, which if he holds up and he stays healthy for the full season, fantastic. There's a realistic possibility that he could finish as a running back one. That could absolutely be within the realm of possibility. There's also a possibility that they work him so hard because they have no one else behind him. Nobody. Ito Smith, Quadri Allison. That's what we're talking about behind him on the depth chart. That is, as Okada would say, doo-doo butter. Mm. It's so bad. Spread it on that toast. (laughs) Gross. So gross. Um, Just like that backfield. It is so gross behind Todd Gurley. So my concern is that they're not going to feel like they can spell him much. Where It's going to be him getting the workload. And if he can't hold up and he gets injured, it is a crash and burn. Half through the season, week 10, week 12, we don't know. Maybe it's during your semifinal game. I have no idea. So the injury concern scares me a lot, which really lowers his ranking for me. But the great thing is... His risk is already being baked into his ADP right now. Mm, So I am okay taking that shot on him as my second running back um, at his ADP because everyone is so weary about the health problems. There's a very real possibility, like I said, that he gets a ton of touches and he finishes as an RB1 this season. But I also have a lot of concerns about the injury there. Okay. I'm going to ask you guys a question. All right. Where does Todd Gurley get his value? Primarily. I was hoping you would bring this up because that is in the pass catching game and the LA Rams screwed him last year with targets. They oh. screwed him. So few targets. Like, what do you mean? I just looked it up. 49. Is that the number? Like, I think so. That's on the right. year. That's disgusting. So bad. He should have double that legitimately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any way that he, he does not get uh, an upgrade in the pass catching and target department. I don't think there's any way he doesn't get an upgrade in the overall offensive uh, potency department over last year, obviously a couple years ago, yeah, they were the best in the league. Um, and even his offensive line is going to get an upgrade over last year because the Rams were the second worst offensive line in the league last year. So unless the Falcons end up being the worst, which to be fair, they're not very good at pass protection, but they're okay at run blocking, yeah. then he's going to get an upgrade there. Here's something interesting for you guys, all right? Mr. Researcher, as you like to call me, John. Mm-hmm. Since Gurley entered the league, the Rams running backs have 70 total scrimmage touchdowns. All right. That's since mm-hmm. 2015. That's tied for 11th in the NFL. Not bad. Solid. Todd Gurley <laughs> has scored a lot of those. Quite Not a bit. <laughs> Would you like to take a gander at where the Falcons rank on that list? In terms of touchdowns? Touchdowns by the running back position. I'm going to guess they're fourth um, in the NFL. I'm going to go second. Oh. If you took you guys and combined them into one person, which is basically me, you would have been third, and that is where they are. Third wow. yeah. most touchdowns from the running back position since Gurley entered the league. He brings his touchdown scoring ability, which is 
by far the best of any run back in the in the NFL. At least certainly Ooh, has been, unless he's suddenly lost his ability to score touchdowns, which I doubt. And you're looking at another 15 touchdown season easily. You can't not be an RB1 with 15 yeah. touchdowns unless you have two yards per carry, which he's not going to have. So, right. Gurley, undervalued, love it. Yes, please. Yeah, I think, you know, everything you said, John, is is spot on. Like, if we were like, you know what, Gurley's knee is great. We have no concerns. Like, he'd be a first-round pick. And I think yeah, his sure. injury risk is baked in. Now, I certainly have concerns about the workload. But I've already done my projections for the Falcons, and I can't give touches to Quadri Allison and Brian freaking Hill. I just can't do it. I tried. Like, uh, I tried to pull Gurley down, and I, I couldn't because I don't see no one. how they can do that. I mean, honestly, they should sign Devonta Freeman back on the roster to be the backup. Like, I don't Why would they let him go? I don't understand. So, you know, and the, the other thing is just kind of narrative street. Like, Todd Gurley's got something to prove this year, man. I mean... He was mm. the face of the NFL a couple years ago, kind of a, a down season, so to speak, last year. And now he comes in, and I think the passing game is really where he's going to get his value. We saw Devonta Freeman last year, and guys, I'm in the camp that I think Devonta Freeman's done. I, I think he's washed yeah. at this phase. So does the NFL, apparently. Yeah, yeah loved yeah, him no a couple years ago. An absolute rock star for fantasy, Same. but I think he's done. Yep. He, You know what he saw in terms of targets last year? Devonta Freeman. He saw More 70. More than 49. Oh, 70. my God. He had in that 70 offense. targets last yes. year? Uh, Give me Todd Gurley oh, with 70 targets. Man. Yeah, he'll return yes, value. And so I think at his ADP right now, now, unfortunately, I think people listening to the show are going to get really smart. Oh, and maybe his ADP no. is going to rise. But at his Guys, ADP, don't do any right, drafts. Yeah, at his ADP <laughs> right now, I am in. If he creeps up into like the second or maybe early third, I might be out with the risk. But in the fourth round, like, sure, why not? Yeah, I'll, I'll take Todd Gurley there. Uh, no doubt. All right, fellas, next running back to talk about, Melvin Gordon. He leaves the Chargers. He lands in Denver to join Philip Lindsay. Now, I believe Okada has some pause on Melvin Gordon. Is that right? Mm. I I do have a little bit of pause about Melvin, Melvin Gordon bets. First of all, I think he's had nearly as much knee nagging knee concerns as Gurley has over the last his career, basically. And I feel like that's getting a little overlooked comparatively to Gurley because Gurley's was end of two seasons ago. And Gordon hasn't... I mean, he's missed four games in each of the last two seasons. I really feel like this is getting overlooked. I don't know. Is he an incredibly good running back when he has the ball? Yes. Can he catch passes as well? Yes. Is he going from an offense that is extremely productive, used and valued his abilities very well... And heading to a Broncos team that we don't really know what it is or what to expect. I think I see it as a downgrade in the offense. Yes, they got a lot of weapons for Drew Locke to work with. But it's still Drew Locke. It's still a young offense. And I don't see them all of a sudden becoming top 10 or 8 as far as producing and scoring. And that's what I think you need from Melvin Gordon. He's a touchdown guy, like Gurley. And you still have Phillip Lindsay, who has been very, very good, efficient, and productive for this team. I do not see Gordon becoming a bell cow by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't see him having the same production on the amount of touches that he had when it was him and Eckler in L.A., where he was still good enough because he was on such a high-scoring offense where he could score 15 touchdowns a year. I don't see that in Denver, and so I don't think it makes up for the existence of Lindsey like it did in L.A., making up for Eckler. And so I have him a little bit lower, I think, than consensus. I have him lower than Gurley, which I think is anti-consensus. 
and he's going to be maybe around the RB15 to 18 range instead of the RB12 to 15 range for me. I hear what you're saying. I have him closer to that 12 to 15 range instead of lower. I think that I have talked myself into Gurley being above Gordon, though. Ooh. Um, Live. You have or I have? (laughs) What? Or we both have. Everybody. The the collective. um, The group think, as people like to call it. True. Um, But I do think that that is, I think that I've talked myself into uh, Gurley being above Gordon. I've had Gordon above Gurley for most of the offseason. But I do think that they are giving a little bit more of a financial investment to Gordon, which I think Mm. bodes well for him and his workload. Um, They're not going to expect Lindsay to just go away, but Lindsay was also an undrafted free agent who they haven't paid yet. So there's a very realistic possibility that um, if Gordon comes in and Gordon's balling, you know, I think that he leads that backfield in touches. I think that he's going to have plenty of opportunities and yes, it's going to be a committee. Most backfields are these days, but I do think that that offense, boy, they are sure trying to, to make that offense a thing. Yeah. Giving all those weapons to drew Locke and asking him to take a huge second year leap, which they are by bringing in uh, Jerry Judy, by bringing in KJ Hamler, they still have Noah Fant there. They brought in another tight end, Albert O, behind him. And, oh, Cortland Sutton as well, who, to me, Cortland Sutton is not that far behind DJ Moore, just tying back to our prior conversation in terms of young wide receivers that are ascending quickly into potential superstar territory. I think this offense, they are going to just send it all the time. I think that there is going to be a lot of scoring opportunities to be had for Gordon and I think that he's going to be the one, obviously, that gets a majority of those chances when they get down there in the red zone. So I, I'm going to have him probably just outside my 12, but I think I can't get him any lower than 14, 15. Now, Beth, you're more of a truther. Is that correct? Uh, I pretty much would echo everything John just said. He's going to probably follow my top 15, but I don't think I'm going to rank him as a running back one. Okay, that's interesting. So th- this is what it comes down to for me. So I, I, I pulled up ADP, right? Nick Chubb is going at RB10, middle of the second round. Melvin Gordon is going at RB11, end of the second round. Oh, Nick Chubb. Nick Nick Chubb is a better running back than Melvin Gordon. Kareem Hunt and Phillip Lindsay, uh, maybe a toss-up. And the Browns' offense is better unless the Broncos take a massive step forward. (laughs) Unless they're not. I mean, even even if they're just a little bit better than last year, they're still probably going to be better than the Broncos. I understand they had a lot of talent, but they've not. They're not going to suddenly become top five. No. How is this even close? I don't understand. I I I agree. I I, no. I can't argue. Like I don't know that I would say Philip Lindsay and Cream Hunter comparable. Uh, However, I would say that I agree with what you're saying. They're going to run the ball so much in Cleveland. And Nick Chubb is going to be the focal point. Yes, Cream Hunt's going to get work, but I think Nick Chubb is just a better player, and I think they have a better offense in general. You know, I'm I'm in on Melvin Gordon if I can get him as a running back two. Yes, definitely. Will I take him as a running back one? No. I have pause. Like I have serious pause about Drew Locke. You know, everyone just is assuming this offense is going to yeah. be 
excellent, and Drew Locke's going to take a huge step forward. He only has five starts in his NFL career, and he's getting two rookie pass catchers and a second-year tight end. Like, it's not a a sure thing. The only sure thing on that offense is Cortland Sutton. I don't know about Drew Locke, and that's why I pulled Melvin Gordon down. If if you were going to tell me that offense is going to be top half in, in 2020 and you can guarantee that, I'd be like, yep, they're going to be in the red zone. Melvin Gordon's going to get a ton of goal line looks. Like, I'm totally in on him. And that's why I have yeah. him kind of at that running back 15 range. So, yeah, just a, a word of pause. Maybe put a little cold water on that Drew Locke narrative for everyone out there. Yeah, and that's the thing. After the NFL draft, everyone was like, Drew so Locke exciting. for MVP. Like, yeah. it was unbelievable <laughs> what people were saying post-draft. And, and yes, it was what we had to talk has... about. So, you can't, yep. like, that's just what happens. But you have yep. to right. I get it, but yeah, chill out. Like the dude's yeah. most famous right now for rapping on the sideline, not anything that he's <laughs> done on the football Which field. Which is so fun. So it's <laughs> great. I love it. I love him as a guy, rooting for him, hope that he does well. But like, yes, they are hoping that he takes a massive second year leap. The upside is there for a lot of good things to go right in this offense. There could also be a lot of downside to this offense, too. We don't know yet. So I have him outside Gordon outside the top twelve. And yeah. I'm I'm down on Chubb a lot because of the splits that we've seen with Hunt being there and the 12 personnel that Stefanski likes to run, but it is still Chubb over Gordon by a lot. It's right. not close. I would not be drafting them like half a round apart. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement on that one. All right, guys, really interested on this next player. We're talking David Johnson, the mm. former stud running back, top five overall pick in redraft leagues. He is now an afterthought. We had a listener question come in on Twitter. They said, should I keep David Johnson in the 13th round or should I take Cortland Sutton in the fourth? That's how far David Johnson has fallen. Now, this this person's league is Boy, different than I'd most. Boy, and I'd probably still take Sutton in the fourth, <laughs> really? to be honest. All right, let's Bad talk about that. Uh, no, no, no. Let's talk about that. And I will say that's probably not how most redraft leagues or, or keeper leagues work. This guy's league is, right. um, it was basically however you took them as a rookie, you could keep them for however long you wanted. So he took Ooh. him as a rookie in the 13th wow, round. So that's why he has so that nice. value. But Good for him. what I would like to say to you, John, tell me why you were so down on David Johnson in oh, 2020. Hater. Okay, so, so it was an ex- exaggeration. A 13th round pick for, for David Johnson. Yes, give me David Johnson. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll keep that. That, but but it does just go to show, man, how far he has fallen that it's even a question that you kind of have to think and go, I don't know, for just a second. Because he's already 28 years old. I don't know how that happened. David Johnson's already 28. I think he started um, a little old. He did. Be. He did. He was yeah. old coming out. Um, he came into the league at like 24 and a half, I think, or something like that. But... Um, I, I just have a lot of concerns. I, I He looked so bad last year, and he had injuries, and I get that. But, boy, he was turning like a freight ship. Like, after the injuries. so slow. Yeah, after the injuries. He had, I think, five or six games before, and he looked incredible. That's pretty yeah. important. It's true. It's true. I, I just don't know. 28 but years old coming off come of back? injuries. Yeah, that's... I don't know that he's going to come all the way back. 28 coming off of injuries in a new team, new scheme. No off-season workouts. I, I'm very, very hesitant about that. And granted, the same things can kind of be said for the other two. Basically, we're talking about all the superstar running backs from 2017 today. That's essentially what we're talking about on the show. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and what they're doing. <laughs> oh, um, no. 
<laughs> but I, I just don't know. I, I'm concerned. Granted, same thing that we've been saying about Todd Gurley. There's no one else in that backfield unless you're counting the other D Johnson um, on that roster. But so he's going to get the workload. He's going to show the passing ability that he's always had in his career. But I don't know how well he's going to rebound and if he's got it left in the tank and they have a terrible offensive line in Houston. So I don't know. I, I have a lot of concerns out of those three. He's the one that I am by far the most concerned about. I I don't have him anywhere. I don't have him on a single team and I have a lot of teams. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really, yes, really, really the only player in the Johnson. NFL. John does not have one share. <laughs> so I actually should look up what players I here, don't have a share. Of. Here, here's the problem bets. The problem is that John is going to hate, 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 hate. And I'm just going to shake, 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 oh, shake it off. Shake good it off. God. <laughs> you know how I'm going to shake it off? With Carlos Hyde's tush. just happened. Okay? Did that just happen? <laughs> yes. 2019, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, so Guapo. I know. Car- Carlos Hyde yeah. had 10 catches, 10 <laughs> catches, and still managed 1,100 scrimmage yards and six touchdowns. They also had DeAndre Hopkins. And that's true. By the way. That's also true. Which that means, offense is not going to go anywhere. Well, it's going to go through David Johnson is where it's going to go. David Johnson is going to have six times as many receptions as Carlos Hyde had last year. And there is no way, barring injury, that he finishes with less than 1,100 yards or less than six scrimmage touchdowns. No way. He is, my, he's a, my injury he's concern a is so high, Hyde. though. Yeah, he okay, is, he's a way better back than Carlos Hyde. Season, no, no. I would bet money that, that he doesn't finish the concern, season. That is a valid but I think that's the only fair concern. Because if he's healthy, there is no way he's not a more talented back. There is no way that he doesn't get orders of magnitude more targets than Carlos Hyde got, got last year. And Hyde was still productive in that offense behind the same line. You, might, uh, you guys mind if I jump in? Yes, do it. <laughs> you guys are like, I don't know about his injury. I'm not concerned about his injury. I'm so worried Ooh. about his injury. If only we had someone on this podcast who could talk about <laughs> injuries. Yeah, if only. we can find one. <laughs> we should We should look for one, Okada. We'll, yeah, okay, we we'll should. put out a job we'll start posting. The, we'll start the search. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here's the scoop with David Johnson. It popped up on the injury report mid-October with a back injury. Now, in season lower back pain whatever it is whatever was causing it you know it's it's hard to tell I'm not in the room with the guys when they're evaluating but it is very likely to recur it can affect you for a very long time as we've seen with other players so for last year I'm willing to kind of write off that second half of the year and say like I, he was not himself I mean you look at the tapes from weeks one two three compared to like week 11 12 13 it is a different player and I think injury played a huge role in that he also had an, an ankle injury which plagued him for several weeks so, a full off season to heal. I think he'll be okay for this season. I think he'll be able to stay healthy and on the field. But he is entering that age where the predictability of that is less successful, so to speak. And it, and we see running back production drop off at that age. So, from a health perspective, his injuries don't really scare me. But his age and the profile and how quickly he fell off scares me. Now, hmm. to your point, I struggle with this decision because I'm kind of on the fence with David Johnson. I think David Gosh, Johnson it, could we bounce around on the fence, not having an injury expert. You well, bring in the injury expert, and you're still on the fence. No, no, no. It's not about his health. It's not about his health. Okay, okay. It's about the performance and the age. But right. you tr- just said Carlos Hyde. Carlos freaking Hyde. What he did last year, 
David Johnson can be a running back two this year. No doubt. He can be running back Easy two. Clap. I will say on the, the opposite side That's of what John was saying. For me. What's that? His ceiling? Yeah, ceiling for me is a mid to low end RB2. I don't think he gets I think mid RB2 is fair as a ceiling, I will say. What? No, that is not fair. What are you talking about? How is We're it talking not, about he is not average? He was he is the not average best over running yards back in fantasy just a few years ago. Okada. Five years ago. So was the box of Freeman. No, not so, five years ago. So was the box of Freeman. It was 2016. Okay, but if David Johnson is fully healthy, yeah, how much, what percent of that person do you think he is? 60%? Yeah. What? Dude, you look, yeah. at, the, look at the data. The 27 He's 28. years old. 27 years old is when we start to see running back production fall off. I'm fall saying off, there, okay, but 28 is, is a, not out of his prime. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. I... Running back production peaks at age 24 and age 25. There is a realistic scenario, and I'm not saying I believe this, but it's in the range of outcomes. And so when you talk about fantasy football, you have to factor in the best of the best and the worst of the worst. There is a range of outcomes where David Johnson is washed. That is in the realm of possibility. I'm not it saying I believe the, it. It is in the range of It is in the realm of possibility, and that's why it's a risky pick in fantasy. If you could tell me David Johnson is going to be 2016 David Johnson and get 250 carries, he's oh, a first-round yeah. pick, right? But sure. that's not what we're talking about. I will say, though... He had 2,000 scrimmage yards once, and everyone wants to crown him as yeah. being the the goat of fantasy football. He had one, one, one all-time season five years ago, has not averaged over four yards a carry since 2016. It's been a He's long not time. It. I just pulled up He's his not game from last year, guys. Here's... okay. They were Running- spicy! No, 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 no. They were not. No. He was spicy in the pass-catching game. The running game was atrocious. Here's the yards per carry. And again, that's not the best statistic, but here it is. It wasn't great. 4.6, 2.0, 3.4, 3.6, 5.4, 2.8, 2. Guys, if he doesn't catch the football, I have concerns. Okay, and but, he's but and he's that, going to. There are yes, vacated targets available. Is, Kata. And, Shush! And, and, that and, offense as a whole is going to be so bad, so bad. That sounds great to away. me. A team no. that is not that's not doing no. well is going to target its running backs. Wow, we have okay. What's what's the bet? We're gonna put this on the on the show doc or on the the bets bet stock. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, Over you under, think of a bet? Well, I give it, you this stat. You just okay. gave the yards per carry stat. Yep. In his first six games before he got hurt in week seven. He was on pace for 1,635 scrimmage yards and 13 touchdowns. He that was, was also... He was incredibly good. He was so that was talented. was Cliff Kingsbury's spread it out, throw it all over the yard offense. Yep. Deshaun Watson now he's throw going over the yard. to Bill effing O'Brien. <laughs> he's going to good old Bob, and you're going to trust that he's going to get the same production as an innovative, offensive-minded, young head coach? No way. Listen, not a chance. Kings nope. smart, but the Cardinals offense was not top 10 last year. It was not like it was not blowing anybody's minds. No, Dude, but they were the at running least back, targeting him. The Cardinals running back as a collective scored the third most fantasy points. That was yeah. a very friendly system. I disagree wholeheartedly. I'll tell that. you what, Okada. Okada. Bets, All I'm bets, saying is he was on pace for 1600 yards. That's talent. You want to you want to set put, the line for bets let's, bets? Let's put the RB bet. 17 let's and put a the half. Bet at, yes, I was going to say the exact same half. thing. Same thing. Yeah, give me the under. Oh, that is spicy. So John's on the over. I'm going to also take the over. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Listen, man, there is 
he is such an enigma. There is such a range of outcomes. He is super intriguing. There we'll is. talk about him more as the season goes on. We got to move on to the next player, though. Yeah, really do. good debate. 17 and a half was the line, correct? Yeah, 17 All and right. a half. Yep. All right. I'll take that Listeners, line. let us know your thoughts there if you're over under on that one. Although right, I will say I'm being very soft on that line because his ADP is running back 25. But. Okay. Well, we'll keep it I said low to mid. <laughs> I said low to mid RB2. And you're like, what? Blasphemy. You said no. that was his ceiling. It is. He's that, being we're drafted talking about his at projection. his average. <laughs> yeah. He's being drafted where he should be. His ceiling is RB17. Poppycock. We nope. will move back to this at a later date. <laughs> Uh, we can have we a David Johnson on. podcast next week. Yes, fellas, we are already almost at an hour. We're going to pick one more running back from this list, and then we'll cover wide receivers and tight end on our next show. I'm going to take a step forward and just say, like, we're going to skip Carlos Hyde because we talked about him on our last podcast. If you're interested in, t- mm. in our take on the Seattle backfield, go back to the last episode. We talked about Chris Carson. We talked about Carlos Hyde with the signing there. So out of Jordan Howard leaving Philly to Miami, Matt Breda also in Miami now from San Francisco, and Chris Thompson. From Washington to Jacksonville. Which one of these running backs do you guys want to discuss? I want to go with Thompson, personally. Uh, I Thompson? also want to go with Thompson, but can, if we all if we all agree to that, can we just say briefly draft both of the Dolphins running backs at their ADP because they could both return value? Does anyone disagree Absolutely. with that? All right. Then Definitely. let's say that. And we did that to Chris Thompson. In the, in the last uh, PPR mock draft, mm-hmm. we took one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. We took Jordan Howard in like the 10th or 11th round. So, yes, both yep. good yeah. values. Steal but let's chat cool. about Chris Thompson in Jacksonville. What do you guys think? Ooh, love it. If you're drafting now, smash the draft button on Chris Thompson. I don't even know what his ADP is. Can someone pull that up while I talk about yeah, how Leonard Fournette is likely, uh, I won't say likely, there is a good chance that Leonard Fournette is gone by the time the season rolls around. The team doesn't like him. I don't think he likes a team. I don't think that they want to run an offense where they have to feed him 300 carries, which is what they feel like they're forced to do with him. What They want to, they want to do a Gardner Minshew exciting system, and I don't know how it's going to look yet. They might be the worst team in the league, honestly, and the offense might be crap. But as I just mentioned, when your team is terrible, it's good for your pass-catching running backs. And Chris Thompson is an extremely good pass-catching running back. In a PPR league, he is going to return value this year, even if Lornette, if Leonard Fournette does not leave. And if Leonard Fournette leaves, you're looking at Raquel Armstead, or Raquel, I think. I think the Q is soft. Right Ra- or hard? Not important. I think it's Raquel. Uh, <laughs> all right, we'll have to confirm that as well. But Mr. Armstead, <laughs> a second-year running back that did nothing last year, and Chris Thompson, a guy who's been very productive over the course of his career with his touches, I am drafting him all over the place in best balls. Yes, please. When the season rolls around, if Fournette's still there, if Fournette's not still there, he is going to be a value. Look for Chris Thompson in your PPR leagues. I'm sorry. I, I was trying so hard to pull up an ADP, but everywhere I look has him like nowhere to be found. Yep. So I see the I'm same. St- I'm still looking. Like That means is he he's just behind going guys like undrafted? Adrian Peterson. Yeah, Gus Edwards. That does not surprise me at all. Huge value. Yeah. I mean, wherever you want to take him late, I guess. Last I'm not pick. Seeing a number. Last pick of any draft you're in right now. That's unbelievable. And trade for him in dynasty leagues. What do you What do you have yeah. to give up to give to get Chris Thompson bets? A high oh, third, mid third, mid third. Easy. Yeah. Give me. No, yeah, I'll take. I'll take give that me all Chris. day. Um, no one wants him. Yeah, he has some real 
real potential to be a, a sneaky, sneaky PPR play. Um, his receiving ability is very good. Um, and yeah, Top like what Okada was saying, if, if Fournette goes, like, Chris Thompson could just walk into being an RB2. Like, he's not going to be an RB1. But I do not think that is could, an exaggeration. Absolutely, he could walk into being an RB2 if, if yep. Fournette's not there. Now, Betts, um, he has dealt with a lot of injuries. Do you have ongoing concerns with that or not really? Oh, yes, very much. Oh, yeah. oh. I mean, his water his injury list, we, we could do an entire podcast. It's, oh, no. Yeah. It's quite a bit. But Lock, he's free. That's the yes. difference. Yeah, like, he's free compared to David can, Johnson. Yeah, when you can pick up a player off of waivers after your draft, injury risk doesn't really matter. But, yes, I do have concerns. And I'll put this out there, too. You know, I put uh, the projections together yesterday for the Jaguars. And I found myself in a conundrum because I said, wow, Leonard Fournette, this is weird. Like 48 targets, 26. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. The first two seasons in the NFL last year, 100. Like something's off there. And then I said, okay, what's the offense look like? We have Chris Thompson coming in. He hasn't had less than 50 targets since 2015. And I put that out on Twitter and I said, which side gives? And people were outraged. They're like, are you seriously considering Chris Thompson a fantasy asset? How is he going to take any work from Leonard Fournette? And they said, he's never on the field. And I said, that's true. And those numbers are not a 16-game projection. That's like 10 games. So if for some reason Chris Thompson stays on the field for 14, 15 games, 16 games, he's going to take a ton of pass-catching work from Leonard Fournette. I think it's a massive hit to his value. And then you also consider... Now we have LaVisca Chenault, kind of a, a gadgety type player, might be used that way in his first year in Jacksonville. He's going to get some work out of the backfield too, and he's going to take some targets. So, yeah, yeah. man, I, I think Chris Thompson is really interesting. Like, last pick of your yeah. draft, pick him up off waivers if you miss out. Yeah, in PPR formats, he'll be a flex play on any given week if he's on the field. Now that's the question, is, is how much? Mm. That is the question, and he's also reunited with Jake Gruden who was with him up in Washington, who's now the mm. OC for the Jaguars. So he knows how to use Chris Thompson already. Even if Fournette is still in the picture and around, I just have to feel like they're going to be like, hey, if we can get this, if we can get the ball into this guy's hands five to eight times a game, mostly in passing, then I think that he's going to be something that they're going to want to utilize in that offense. So yes, if he can stay on the field, which is a question, but again, He's free, so yeah. take the shot. If he gets because, hurt, you can drop him. Yep. Right, no exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. All right, fellas, let's close it out on that note. Uh, we had planned to cover quarterbacks, <laughs> running backs, wide receivers, and tight end. I should have known that Idiots. is not happening. Psych! <laughs> so we will cover wide receivers and tight ends on our Saturday podcast, which we'll, we'll record on Friday. Fellas, this is the last week of two shows per week. Listeners, get ready, man. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Subscribe in your podcast app because we're coming at you three days a week starting in June. Uh, more of Okada's blazing takes on David Johnson. More of John's shooting it down and saying, no, you're wrong. Uh, man, it's going to be a fun summer. I hope you guys are along for the ride with us, listeners. Reminder, check out patreon.com slash pod If you want even more of our advice, you can get in the Slack channel. We have a fantasy football community Awesome people in that Slack channel talking fantasy every single day of the week. 
as well as other resources coming soon, including our top 200 rankings for the season, um, our do not draft list from an injury perspective. We have some DFS content coming, all sorts of good stuff for you guys. Check that out at patreon.com slash richardspod. Until next time, follow us on Twitter at RichardsFFPod, at Matt Okada, at Dynasty Beard for John, at the Fantasy PT for me. We are back on Saturday. Until next time, we're the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.